And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning and welcome, Eric uh, is uh, out. I'm not. I'm here. All right. What's uh, some of the uh, the breaking news actually from from uh, from last night? This would uh, would be uh, number one. Uh, the House Oversight Committee and James Comer will not be holding FBI Director Ray in contempt of Congress. That apparently is not going to happen. The FBI agreed to permit members of the Oversight Committee to review the unclassified informant file that allegedly links Biden to a $5 million bribery scheme. Wednesday evening, Comer canceled the 9 a.m. Thursday vote to hold Ray in contempt. In exchange, the FBI agreed to allow the members to review the document, a demand on which Comer insisted from nearly the beginning of the negotiations. Quote, here's what he said, after weeks of refusing to even admit that the record existed, the committee stated uh, in a press release, the FBI, the FBI has caved and is now allowing all members of the Oversight and Accountability Committee to review this unclassified record that memorializes a confidential human sources conversations with a foreign national who claimed to have bribed then-Vice President Joe Biden. Now, that being said, the other news that came out yesterday is Comer uh, told everybody what the country is. That offered the bribe. What was, you know, who did the uh, the foreign source represent? Ukraine. Uh, so the five million dollar bribery scheme allegedly linked to Joe Biden concerns family business deals in Ukraine. Comer revealed on Monday. Uh, Comer told Just the News, and that's John Solomon. Uh, said, yes, it is Ukraine. This Form 1023 involves a business person from Ukraine who allegedly sent a bribe, a substantial bribe, to then-Vice President Joe Biden. Oh, my gosh. What if it's Burisma? 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, That's the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Um, the, uh, the Biden family frequently visited Ukraine for business purposes. Then Vice President Joe Biden served as the Obama administration's Ukrainian point person on U.S. foreign policy. He visited Ukraine six times while serving as vice president. We know that Hunter Biden uh, was on the board of the Ukrainian energy company without any experience in energy whatsoever in April of 2014. Uh, that's when he joined the board at that particular point. Uh, he had no experience in the energy sector. He earned $83,000 per month to be on the board of the energy company. So, you know, that's just, whoa, now that we know it's Ukraine. The other thing is, you know, we talk about, uh, and Eric and I have always asked this question because we knew from, we knew way, way, way back then because we knew that the Obama administration was extremely concerned about the perception of a conflict of interest when Biden was the point person for Ukraine and and um, uh, Hunter Biden was on the board. I mean, this was out, oh man, this was out years ago on uh, on on that one. And this was actually emails from the, the Obama State Department where they were concerned about what was going on. And we talked this, about this a long time ago because this was, this was, part of the discussion during the first impeachment. And that's why Eric and I always said, you know, because he was impeached because he said there should be an investigation, you know, that the Ukrainian president should do an investigation on the Biden family. And so the reason he got impeached was he was interfering in an election because it was perceived at that point that Biden was running or he would probably run. Or he was a lead candidate. I forgot what it was at that point during the impeachment because that would have been 2019. And and so we had said at the time, well, no, it's legit. It's legit. You can you can look at it either way. You know, you can sit there and say, well, he's doing it just to get Biden out. Okay, maybe, but we know the State Department was concerned. We know Hunter Biden was working for Burisma. We know he had no knowledge of energy. And again, it was the State Department's concern, the Obama State Department, on what Joe Biden, you know, that how bad it looked uh, for the Obama administration that they were doing it. So you could always make the case it was legit. Now we know, you know, we said uh, with everything that we know since then, we know now that it is legit, that he had a legit, there was a legit national security concern. So, I mean, it just adds up to, okay, we had Russia collusion. Basically, the president, the president Trump set up by the Hillary campaign. We know that happened. You, first impeachment mm, looks like okay. Everything is now targeting that there was corruption between the president Hunter Biden and Ukrainian businesses and/or the Ukrainian government. We know that now. I mean, that's that's what the allegation apparently is uh, is is stating. So. Uh, they get to look at it. I don't know if they're going to look at it today or whatever, but they will get the whole uh, uh, committee will be able to look at it. We know that it is about Ukraine. And, oh, oh, I know the other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, the other thing is now with the president, with uh, President Trump being told, former President Trump being told 
that he uh, is under criminal investigation uh, on the classified documents. Remember, James Comer said, they believe that one of the documents found at Biden's home was related to business dealings with Ukraine. And this is Biden's home, where Hunter Biden rented that home. And one of the documents that was found apparently outside of a binder was something that they believe was used to do some type of business transaction with Ukraine. So this thing just, I mean, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. The other thing that we found out yesterday, because we had talked about this, and it's important to make sure we give you an update on it, because we have said, look, we've done this across the board. When we don't know, we say, okay, what are the possibilities? And so yesterday we said, uh, because uh, uh, Jamie Raskin, the Republican, after he saw the document, came out and said that there's nothing there, that first off, this is just hearsay, which, of course, hearsay doesn't apply when you're doing an investigation. Hearsay only applies to a criminal conviction at that point, so that was thrown out real quickly. But he said, nope, from what he saw and what he talked to the FBI about, that Bill Barr, who was then Trump's attorney general, uh, Bill Barr, stopped the investigation because there was nothing there. And so there's nothing here, nothing there. Bill Barr stopped, the Republican Barr stopped the investigation. And we said either Raskin is lying or Comer is lying. Though they're the only two possibilities, and we should find out very soon. And we were saying, why isn't Comer immediately coming out and stating he's lying? We didn't know at that point that Bill Barr had already talked to the Federalist.com and told them, no, that didn't happen. We never stopped the investigation. We just turned it over uh, to the um, the other federal attorney, but we did not stop the investigation. It was still active. So what Comer said was the truth, which is the investigation is still ongoing. It has not been disproven. And Jamie Raskin, the Republican from, excuse me, the Democrat uh, from Maryland, I said Wisconsin earlier. Why did I say Wisconsin? Uh, but Raskin was the one who was lying on it, as he has lied before about Trump and Russia collusion also. So I don't know why you would state such an obvious lie that could so easily be disproven. And yesterday, Comer said that the Democrats are lying, and I'm assuming that it included Raskin because it was about that allegation about uh, Bill Barr. So that seems to be settled. And I did do a Google search about an hour ago, and I didn't see where Raskin said, no, I'm I'm doubling down. I was right on this. Maybe he'll say it today, but with Barr coming out and saying, that didn't happen. Uh, that's pretty telling. Because it's pretty easy to find out if the investigation was still ongoing. You have multiple witnesses that say, well, no, it didn't stop. Bill Barr never stopped it. And the other thing is that I noticed yesterday, this just popped to the top of my mind, and Eric and I have talked about the fact of, wow, it's really interesting how quiet the Democrats are on this. Until Raskin came out with that lie, which now is, looks like, okay, it was a pretty obvious lie, uh, because it's something that can be easily disproven or disproven. But it's like nobody's really put themselves on the line for the president. There's nothing about, you know, the, you know, the whistleblowers are really nothing. And I said, isn't that interesting compared to the whistleblower for the whole UFOs thing? 
where the Pentagon almost immediately came out and said, that's not true. There is no organization in the government that has recovered uh, that has recovered extraterrestrial craft with extraterrestrial human beings inside. That hasn't happened. And so they were so quick to defend that. And it's like here we're talking about the president and a $5 million bribe and the whistleblowers and the Democrats are basically quiet and not, you know, absolutely passionate. And I'm talking about the FBI. And that was our key. The FBI didn't come out. The Department of Justice didn't come out. In fact, as Comer said again yesterday, that the FBI denied its existence until they until they told Ray, we saw it. So the FBI has been stalling on doing it, and nobody's defending the FBI for stalling on it. So all just interesting points to make. And we'll see if more dots are connected uh, over the next couple of, uh, of days. But the fact that it's Ukraine is really, really interesting because if it turns out that it's, well, I'll say that. That's a bombshell to begin with, that it's Ukraine. Now, who is the business client? Because any way it would be bad if there's a bribe, but if it's Burisma, boom. 866-90-RED-EYE. Yes, nationally, it appears condition ratings for the nation's pastures and rangelands are improving. And that's more reflective of some of the rain that we saw back in May, especially across the nation's midsection. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says, as of this past Sunday... 45% of the nation's rangeland and pastures rated good to excellent, up two points from the previous week. And just 20%, very poor to poor, that's down two points from last week's 22%. So an overall improvement, but not everywhere. The short-term dryness is really taking a toll on grass growth in states like Missouri and Michigan. 47% very poor to poor in Missouri. Michigan coming in at 39% very poor to poor. Pennsylvania, 46% of pastures are in the poor to very poor category there. Without rain, Rippey says expect next week's report to show worsening pasture and rangeland conditions. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters C P 
Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley. He's not here. I'm Gary McNamara. I am here. Well, Mike Pence is in. The first step to turning America around is ending this disastrous presidency. So here in Iowa, we must resolve that Joe Biden will never be reelected as president of the United States. So, yeah, he had a crowd that sounded good. I mean, it's the way that you uh, you you do it. He was interviewed later on and. I think it was on CNN where he said that uh, they started talking about the classified documents. He said, no, that he said, and he said, I was wrong. Biden was wrong. Trump was wrong and said Trump. He didn't say Biden shouldn't be prosecuted. He just said Trump shouldn't be prosecuted. Well, at least in the audio I saw, he might've said Biden too. But uh, again, he said Trump should not be. We know more about Trump though than we do about, you know, we don't know anything about the the Biden investigation at all. We don't know a thing. So, but he said, no, nobody should do it. He goes, we were all wrong. None of us should have had it uh, like that, but nobody should prosecute because uh, this, you know, the Trump has been, you know, you think about it across the board. You know, you look at, uh, you know, you know, the Russia collusion, you look at the impeachments in all of it, it's bogus. And, you know, and he knows it, Pence knows it. So where does Pence go? I don't know. I, I, you know, he'll be out there doing it. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know what niche of Republicans he gets. Now, everything I say when I make these predictions, because we don't like making predictions, but you look at it right now, it's based on everything we know today, what we know today. Things can change. But, you know, I look at Christine, I look at Pence. They don't stand a chance. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Chris Christie and Trump were going back and forth uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Christie called uh, Trump juvenile and a baby uh, after Trump went after him with fat jokes. Look, he's juvenile. He's a baby. Only children talk like that. He never said that about me when he offered me the White House chief uh, of staff. Uh, Christie told Brett Baer. Uh, he never said that to me. Uh, when he offered me Secretary of Homeland Security twice. He never said that about me when he offered me Secretary of Labor. I wasn't any of those things then. Look, the minute you speak out against him, Brett, you know what he does. He lashes out like and back at you like a child. And if you or I were raising that child, we'd send him to their room, not to the White House. <laughs> Following the... Official launch of Christie's second presidential campaign Thursday, 
Trump made multiple social media posts that appeared to mock the former governor's weight. How many times did Chris Christie use the word small? Does he have a psychological problem with size? Trump wrote. Actually, his speech was small and not very good. It rambled all over the place, and nobody had a clue of what he was talking about. Hard to watch, boring, and that's what you get from a failed governor who left the office with a 7% approval rating and then got run out of New Hampshire. This time it won't be any different. Uh, he's right on the presentation, though. We said it yesterday. It was, uh, you know, I thought it was a horrible way to announce. Um, you know, you 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 do it like Pence did it. You don't do it. You don't do it like DeSantis did it. Uh, you know, you, uh, you know, Pence at least did it the right. It's not going to get him anywhere, but at least did it the right way. It looked big. You know, there's people, the camera angles were great. The background was great. You know, for Pence, the American flags on one side and the pride flags on the other side were great for Pence. I made up something in that last sentence. Can you figure out what it was? I lied in that last sentence. Can anybody figure out what it was? <laughs> uh, but it's not going to go anywhere. But it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what what happens, and you know how does how does Pence? Because we know Christie now is going to attack uh, Trump. They're going to go at it. Will Pence? And will that force the other candidates? Will they feel they have to do that, or will it be? I mean, I just don't see, does it do Mike Pence any good to attack Christie? Does it do Christie any good to attack Pence? It might do them good to go after DeSantis to try to pull some numbers off of him. But probably, in politics, you always go after the big guy. No, I meant the big guy voting-wise. That wasn't a fat joke. Or poll-wise, I meant, not voting-wise. Hi, I'm Eric Harley. Join me today through Saturday, June 10th for the 41st annual Shell Rotella Super Rigs at Camplex in Gillette, Wyoming. All the details are at redeyeradioshow.com. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. I'm here. Eric's there. I'm just, sorry, just laughing. We're just chuckling that it's like in the comment. Well, Trump, you know, in, in essence, going after, you know, trying to do fat jokes against Christie, and it's like, he, he, he's not exactly, I don't think anybody's ever called Trump string bean. I mean, it's, <laughs> everything is, everything is comparable though. Right? Everything's a comparison. Everything is relative. You know, Christie is bigger than he is. <laughs> Stop the fat shaming. Oh, man. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. We're doomed, but this election season's going to be fun to cover. Uh, all right. In uh, in other news, you know, we had mentioned the other day that uh, Gavin Newsom uh, 
talking about uh, possible kidnapping charges, that they're looking at kidnapping charges for, you know, Ron DeSantis in, uh, in, in Florida. Uh, and <laughs> the De- DeSantis administration responded uh, by showing they have, vi- you know, they take a lot of videos of the, the migrants. And by the way, just so people know, because you've heard, you've heard both now, I was listening to Congress yesterday about all the illegal immigrants that got in. Technically, they're not illegal because they've been legalized by the executive branch. They're legally here. And that's why there's a difference between, we'll say, illegal, illegal immigrants or aliens, which, oh, by the way, they got into a huge fight the other day. Who was it? I forgot. A member of the squad said uh, aliens was, I don't know if it was xenophobic or racist or something. And they, they had to, uh, they, they struck, it was, I think it was Tlaib said it, and they struck her, you know, they said, sorry, that's stri- stricken from the record. Because that's the official, alien is the official designation and the word used by the U.S. government and the Border Patrol. Uh, but uh, that's why we've always said, it was in New York City, you have migrants and illegal immigrants. Because uh, it's, it's both. Uh, but in uh, the DeSantis camp, what they're doing is uh, they're taking videos. And so they took these videos and they, you know, and they simply said, here's what's going on. Here's a consent form. And they show all these, you know, uh, migrants filling out, you know, the entire contract, you know, that they're writing us to, you know, the, this, the, the contract and this is the, uh, you know, this is our approval that we wish to do this. Then they started, they talked to, I mean, they were prepared for this. They were, they, the DeSantis, uh, it would be, it would be the administration. It wouldn't be the campaign for this because it was, would be, this would be official. So it wouldn't be the, his presidential campaign. This would be his state administration uh, came out and, and they showed, and Fox News was showing the party bus. It looked like they were in a party bus and they're all, you know, fist in the air, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about going to California and how excited they were to go to California and all that. And, and so they really, uh, when you had that process going on, you really can't make the kidnapping charge stick at all, or the accusation. It's not a charge. The accusation, it sort of becomes stupid when you look at the video. Well, it does become stupid. But then Newsom talked about it. Newsom. DeSantis talked about it uh, yesterday uh, and asked, you know, what was his response to Newsom calling him a small, pathetic man? And uh, what about taxpayer funds from Florida going uh, to do this and uh, and uh, send the migrants to California and other places? Here was DeSantis's response. These sanctuary jurisdictions are part of the reason we have this problem, because they have endorsed and agitated for these types of open border policies. They have bragged that they are sanctuary jurisdictions. They attack the previous administration's efforts uh, to try to have border security. And so that's the policies they've staken out. Uh, and then what? When, when they have to deal with some of the fruits of that, they all of a sudden become very, very upset about that. Uh, well, what are these people having to deal with um, here? Yeah, I don't see the sympathy for them 
And so, um, you know, the reality is, is I think the border should be closed. I don't think we should have any of this. But if there's a policy to have an open border, then I think the sanctuary jurisdiction should be the ones that have to bear that. We're not a sanctuary in Florida. And yes, we know people want to come. And so the more we can divert before we even have to get there is good for our, our, our state. And this, this policy has been debated now for a long time. It got overwhelming support from the legislature. Uh, these were things that I had to go to them. I wasn't just doing it on my own. And I think it's been something that's been... Um, you know, that's been very, very effective. And you can see why some people, when they're coming illegally, a place like California, they give benefits. They give unemployment checks. They do all that. And so you could see why some of those folks were interested um, in, in, in going that direction. In Florida, we've gone the opposite way. You know, we say, you know, we, we're going to have a legal workforce. We're not going to have benefits. We're not going to do that. Uh, and basically trying to disincentivize it. Other states have tried to incentivize it. And so I think they should be the ones to pay, um, you know, to do it. Why don't we all just come together and say the current policy is a failure. Any country worth its salt would have control over its own borders. We have too many Americans dying, and this is totally unacceptable. Um, and let's get the federal government to do uh, to, to reverse course. I don't see that from, from those um, uh, areas. Um, I see basically just complaints about it, uh, about, about if people show up there, but I don't see them willing to address the underlying problem, uh, which is the failed policy. Back in the back, I got So there you go. I mean, that's an answer saying, look, they've, they've asked for it. They're, they've told them, they've invited them to come there, that the migrants want to go there. Why? They get benefits. And you really can't win that argument. You can't win that argument. You set yourself up as sanctuary cities. You said, we'll give you benefits. You come here. Come here. Well, fine. So they come into, you know, whether they're Ill, uh, illegal or whether they're, I don't think the state of Florida is checking, whether they're technically legal migrants or illegal immigrants, they're saying, fine, would you like to go to California? We'll give you a bus ticket and an airplane flight to California. You can get benefits. You can get this. You can get this. You can get this. And then they say yes. They sign the consent form. And like I said, the video just made it seem like they were awfully happy to go. And so they covered their, it seems like they covered their legal base here. But the fact is, California's upset. They're all upset because, and and this is across the board. We saw this. We've seen this with health care. We saw it with health care in California and Colorado and in Vermont. That we want this, we want this, we want this. Well, once they had to pay for it, once you couldn't put the burden of health care on your children uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren, then they didn't want it. They only want it if somebody else will pay for it. And this is becoming a pattern with the left. And the same with sanctuary cities. And like I said, this, <laughs> this reminds me of the Seinfeld episode with, you know, uh, <laughs> renting a car. Remember, they, they put in, you know how to take the reservation. You don't know how to keep the reservation. You take the reservation, but you have no car when I get here. 
Well, the whole part of the reservation is having a car when I get here. Not taking the reservation, taking the reservation and not having a car there. <laughs> Isn't taking a reservation. And it's the same thing here. You're a sanctuary city. You claim you, you've been promoting it for years. Come here, come here. In fact, we have benefits. So another state says, oh, by the way, we don't have benefits. We don't have this. We don't have that. You can't work here. You can do all those things in in this particular state. And you get benefits on top. Do you want to go? Yeah. So they go, and then the Newsom screaming, kidnapping, kidnapping, kidnapping. It sounds quite xenophobic to me, doesn't it? To throw out that charge, I think, is just Newsom attempting to hide his xenophobia. Am I wrong? Can you prove me wrong on that? DeSantis did say, hey, if you know, these cities should say, okay, hey, sorry, we're not going to be sanctuary cities anymore. He goes, they're not doing that. Actually, uh, Adams tried to do that in New York City. In fact, he went to court. Whatever happened to that case? I got to check on that one. That was about two weeks ago that he was trying to temporarily suspend being a sanctuary city. <laughs> We're only, Eric and I, we lost it on that one. We're a sanctuary city uh, and people are coming for sanctuary. Well, no, we got to stop being a sanctuary city until people don't want to come here anymore, and then we'll go back to being a sanctuary city. How does that sound? Because <laughs> that's what Adams is saying. Well, you should have been prepared for this. You should be upset at Biden allowing everybody into this country. You ought to be upset. What do you think is going to happen? How come Biden's not helping us? Because you said you'd take care of it. You said, we're going to be a sanctuary. And by the way, when you said you're going to be a sanctuary city, what you said was, we're not going to abide by the federal government's rules and regulations. We're not going to abide by the government. We're going to, we're going to ignore the federal government. And so you've said we're going to ignore the federal government. Now you want the federal government help? I'm telling you, they're all over the place. This is a wonderful liberal circular firing squad, is it not? They're just, <clears throat> those shots are being fired in every single direction here. We're a sanctuary city. We're a sanctuary city. Come here, come here, come here. Oh, well, okay, fine. We're another state. We tell them to go there. We tell them you want them there. We tell them they can get benefits there, which they can't get here. They go there, and you start screaming, it's kidnapping! Great stuff. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Eric has the morning off. All right, so the Pentagon said they have no verifiable information of any alien spacecraft with bodies in them. 
that have been recovered by the U.S. government. So, somebody get a hold of Randy Quaid. All right. He was in Independence Day. Remember, they had, you know, they had, uh, they had brought him aboard the ship. But it was interesting how quickly the Pentagon responded to that whistleblower accusation. We'll see where that leads. The other thing is, it was, I think it was right at this time yesterday that, you know, I had no idea that the chief executive of CNN was going to be blown out. But we just were getting into a small conversation. Wasn't a, well, well, not a short conversation, not small. <laughs> All of our conversations are large. It's not a fat joke. Uh, and But uh, we had said that uh, whether it's Bud Light or Target or CNN, where do you go? Well, they uh, blew out Chris Lick yesterday, the chief executive. I still have no idea where they go. I'm CNN. I have no they're just, I have no idea. I'll be honest when I don't know. If if I if I believe I know where a company should go, or you know when we talk about where we believe politicians should go or what their niche would be, but I have no idea what Bud Light does. Just don't have any idea. I don't know where, how they how they can regain that market share. Uh, same thing for Target. You know, and then it was, uh, I saw the story yesterday that Bud Light was involved in some all-ages drag show that had come out, and they were still involved in it. I'm like, wow. Huh. Wow. But CNN, I just don't know where they go. I have no idea. Uh, because you saw, I mean, everybody at CNN threw a fit if they were going to, you know, Mike Pence, interview Mike Pence. You can't do that. Well, you mean you can't interview a Republican candidate now? Where do they go? Do they try to go as far left as and wacko as a Rachel Maddow on MSNBC? <laughs> do they try to do they try to become a Rachel Maddow where the, was it a Clinton judge or the Obama judge said, everybody knows that Rachel Maddow uh, doesn't deal in the truth. Everybody knows it. You cannot find that she has defamed everybody because everybody, there's an expectation just like the Babylon Bee that everything she says isn't true. Is that what CNN has to do? Is that where they have to go? I don't know. I don't know how they rebuild it. We said very early on that going just news wasn't going to cut it because everything had changed since CNN, you know, first came into existence decades ago. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.